Live, the live Sunday edition. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Ian. And Osborne. That's right. We've got a, uh, an interesting lineup here. Usually it's uh, Stephanie, my co-host with me, but uh, in fact, she's off at Libertopia. And so I have my, my normal weekday host, Ian, with me. Yeah, and I'm enjoying the uh, the Vaporsmiths product right now, which is very nice. Uh, yeah, you know, you guys are over there vaporizing away. Yes, we are. <laughs> and, and Osborne, <laughs> sitting in Osborne, you are the uh, the principal over there at uh, SACL CAI. Uh, I wouldn't call myself the principal, but uh, I am a principal. Okay, a principal. <laughs> well, I prefer the principal, but, um, you know, whatever. I, I do, too. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the other principals don't see it that way. Gotcha. Well, um, you know, and you can call in about uh, anything you'd like to call about, 855-450-3733. But before the show, we were talking about apparently there's a, a huge drawdown going on in Iraq. Oh, yeah. So Obama announced on Friday that uh, he was withdrawing all the troops from Iraq. And, of course, all the people on the radio are just going crazy about this. Like, this is the worst thing that could ever possibly happen. Or the best, depending on which side of the fence they're on. Yeah, I haven't heard much of that, but uh, maybe I listened to the wrong radio program. I was listening to, um, uh, what's her name, uh, Hillary Clinton on, I, I think it might have been Meet the Press or something like that. And she was talking about how this is, well, this is really a Bush administration policy that they're just following through with or something. Well, yes, it is. I mean, this is the what was it called? The Status of Forces Agreement that uh, Bush uh, signed way back in the day mm. uh, before he was out of office. And the uh, uh, Obama administration is just having to comply with uh, that uh, agreement, it, it, much to his uh, chagrin, because they have been uh, trying to get themselves out of that agreement uh, right. for the past few years. Uh, unsuccessfully they were trying to uh, shuffle around keep some troops but uh, the iraqis said no 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 that's okay you don't need any we don't need any of your troops even at your embassies so right. it's because of the iraqi folks is why this is happening that's correct interesting uh and it, actually they were uh, my understanding is they were going to be allowed to stay but they would not be granted immunity from prosecution if they commit crimes Right. And as we yeah. know, like, we, well, can, we can't. Uh, yes, we can't allow these military personnel to be responsible for their actions. Right? We saw how that crap is going in uh, Japan, where uh, military guys are getting arrested for raping their women all the time. And oh well, you know, we can't have that here. Right. Our our guys in green are just too used to doing whatever the heck they want in Middle Eastern countries. So um, you know, we better just get them out of here. Yeah. Well, and the uh, the other funny thing is that uh, even though these uh, troops are supposedly leaving, uh, we can see in uh, at, in the Washington Repo- uh, Post uh, report here from uh, earlier this month that the State Department is actually uh, launching a massive uh, campaign to keep sixteen thousand uh, civilian employees there. Sixteen thousand, uh, and these are the contractors, uh, the former former military uh, folks that are there doing essentially the work of, I, I don't know, mercenary soldiers? Well, they're not all soldiers, right? Some of them are Some you of know, them serving do. food, and they're running sure. hotels, sure. and they're running airlines, and they're, they're doing other things. But they work for the State Department. That's our money paying these people to be there. The embassy there is the size of a large mall. Right. I mean, it's it's a huge, huge complex, so they're going to need things like that. But uh, 16,000, it's a lot of troops on the ground. wasn't 25,000 combat troops is what they're withdrawing, I believe. Uh, I think it's 43,000 that were okay. withdrawing. But 16,000 is the size of an army division, is what uh, is being reported here. There you go. What I want to know is, to where will they be withdrawn? They're going home, is what they were told. What we were told, which means for like Afghanistan. A week? They're going to come home for a week or no, two? probably then... no, Just straight to Afghanistan. It's a lot shorter flight. 
Is that the 51st state now? I don't think they're going to get away with that. <laughs> they're well, going to come home. They'll probably come home for a quick vacation. Why would they be going to Afghanistan, Mark? Well, because there's troops on the ground in Afghanistan. That's And a lot of them, they, they want to do mm-hmm. a draw up as far as uh, troops go there. And, you know, if there's any problems, they just send in a predator drone. Um, there is a story here, however, that apparently from MSNBC.com that from the out of the, the mouth of Karzai, uh, the, of the guy that – Hamid Karzai, the guy that we – installed in in government over there. You mean the federal government? Yeah, those folks. Afghanistan would support Pakistan in case of military conflict between Pakistan and the United States, Afghan President Hamid Karzai said in an interview on a private Pakistani TV channel broadcast on Saturday. The remarks were in sharp contrast to recent tensions between the two neighbors over cross-border raids and Afghan accusation that Pakistan was involved in killing the chief Afghan peace envoy, former Afghan president, oh God, um, Rabini here, by a suicide bomber in September the 20th. God forbid if there is ever a war between Pakistan and America, Afghanistan will side with Pakistan, he said in an interview in Geo Television. If Pakistan is attacked and if the people of Pakistan need Afghan, Afghanistan's help, Afghanistan will be there with you. So, so at what at what point do they consider this a conflict then? Because the U.S. government has clearly been attacking Pakistan, but, right? you know, has, has been violating the sovereignty, uh, you know, against the word of the Pakistani government. Um, they're certainly flying raids anytime they feel like it, as far as predator drones over there. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Clinton was was over there this week. Basically telling Pakistan that you're going to do things our way. We're going to blow you mofos up. And that's that. So I don't know. I mean, it, I, I, I have no idea what uh, this is. This, I, to me, what this says is these prolonged conflicts with lots of boots on the ground create tensions in countries where I don't give a flying flip about. And that is. You know, it's and, and I think the average American doesn't. Uh, you know, most taxpayers that are putting their money towards these things, they don't care about this stuff. So why in the world do they keep the boots on the ground? Tax dollars, uh, politicians and bureaucrats and and, um, you know, these uh, these these bureaucrat soldiers, the generals. I mean, these guys aren't fighting anything. Sure. And, and the companies that make the weapons. And, yeah. yeah, they they have an interest in boots being on the ground. You know, whatever happened in in Afghanistan was pretty much done when they lost uh, Osama bin Laden in Tora Bora. Fighting the Taliban, that wasn't part of the the, the whole mission. The mission was to go get al-Qaeda, of which the claim of the State Department right now is that there are dozens of al-Qaeda on the ground in Afghanistan. Right, and what al-Qaeda there is, there's actually more of than when they started because – They've, They've created more of them. Yeah. Sure, and successfully, and there's a because reason. Because they're being invaded and their families are being killed, and so it's it's a lot easier to recruit somebody if their mom just got blown up, right? Yeah, right. Sure, I'm sure any one of us could possibly be recruited if something like that happened. Right, and this is the suggestion, I guess, that... Probably not, no. Well, these, yeah, right, maybe not. The suggestion, though, is, is that these people are somehow different than us. They're bad people. But if the average American had... Accidentally or on purpose, a member of their family killed by some foreign nation that really didn't – that we didn't feel belonged in in our sovereign soil, likely that average American might hold a grudge. And some of those people that hold a grudge would likely want to attack with weapons that other country. 
These things make perfectly good sense. Sure. I mean, it doesn't take many. I mean, there's a bell curve, right, of the susceptibility of someone to uh, engage in that kind of behavior, right? And all you got to do is piss off enough people to capture a couple of those in that tail. Sure. Right? And I mean, you know, they, to, to think otherwise is to think these folks subhuman. To imagine that they're not going to react in this fashion because, you know, there have been hun- a couple hundred thousand is pr- probably a reasonably conservative estimate of people killed in this conflict, uh, including um, Iraq and Afghanistan, a couple hundred thousand. And if we're generous, extraordinarily generous, extraordinarily generous, maybe 85 percent of them have been civilian. When you're talking about that level of civilian death. Yeah, I, I know U.S. military people. Uh, there's some video of them out there trying not to kill civilians. I got gotcha. you. There's plenty of video out there of them, uh, you know, unsuccessful at this too, killing civilian people. And you know, good or bad, whether they meant to or not, whatever. That's not how it feels when your family is lying burnt and dead under wreck in the wreckage of your home. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's not how it's going to feel when you when you see that that's going to enrage you to such an extent. God knows what you will do. Some of those people even to expect forgiveness from the United States government for the United States government from that is absolutely ludicrous to expect those people to, you know, you want forgiveness. Get the F out of my country tomorrow. That's how that's how I would feel. You know, let me mourn my family that you've blown up that had nothing to do with this crap. Let me mourn them and by you and you get out of this country because I want nothing to do with you. That's how that's how I would feel. If you feel otherwise, please give us a call at 855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live, Live Sunday edition. All around the world, people are achieving success and making their dreams come true. You can be one of them. Whether it's wealth, happiness, business, or relationships, the only thing keeping you from achieving your goals is the desire to be successful and the know-how to achieve it. At AllSuccessClub.com, you'll find the information you need to succeed from those who've already achieved it. Set your life on the path to success now at AllSuccessClub.com. Live Sunday edition. You can call in whatever's on your mind, 855-450-3733. That, is, that line is sponsored by SACL CAI. It's Mark with you. And it's Ian. And Osborne. And um, give us a call at 855-450-3733. So, Ian, I see you're puffing on your Vapor Smith's e-cigarette over there. Yeah, it's nicotine, too. <laughs> it's the new strawberry flavor. You know, the nicotine thing doesn't do much for me, but I'm thinking about getting one just so I can have the flavor. I really like the flavors. Do you like the, the zero um, nicotine? They have they have yeah. several flavors that, that are zero nicotine. I mean, I'm trying the nicotine here for the first time, and it's not really floating my boat. I mean, it's not doing – I'm not getting a buzz. You're not or a nicotine like addict. That. Yeah. Already. So, you know. But – 
they're interesting little devices. But, uh, well, Dale uh, from Prometheus Unchained, he started uh, doing the the vapor smiths, and I'll take credit for getting him hooked. He's on nicotine, and I was well. Why are you using the nicotine? What's the point? <laughs> why, why would you do that? And to, for me, it doesn't do much. But I really love the product. The strawberry is really tasty, and um, I was speaking with Stephen, who uh, is the guy that designs the the, the product flavors and. He actually has to go to the lab over, um, you know, across the globe in order to uh, to, to 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 design these flavors, wow. and really, you know, made it happen. Uh, I think the strawberry is, uh, is is a real plus. But I didn't realize he was designing them. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. he also made a new clove flavor. That's yeah. a very very clovey. <laughs> so what? One thing I can't uh, haven't been able to really um, state with with any real. Uh, Facts is why the uh, the e-cigarette that Vaporsmith makes is better than um, the rest of them. I know it's constructed better. I've heard the the words and things like that, but I just don't know. To me, it feels substantial. But well, to, to the end user, it uh, creates a large amount of vapor and a large amount of uh, I believe they call it throat hit mm-hmm. or the the feeling in your mouth, when which you, is when more like a cigarette. It. And uh, I'm not an engineer but the way i understand it is they put a, a booster circuit in the battery that gives it more voltage so the the vaporizer just makes things happen more quickly and it you know it makes a bigger pull yeah i guess rather than you sitting there like a half pull all the time yes. it's never it's never quite as but satisfying at the end of the day i think it works better than the other similarly uh, uh, the, uh the, the same kind of form factor the the cigarette shaped uh, vaporizers out there. there there's you know big giant contraptions that people use too that probably work better right but then you're carrying around this gigantic uh, sure. you know you know like, a, like an old school cell phone or something <laughs> now um the and, and it's also going to last longer because it's made well as you don't want to be stuck with a, a broken e-cigarette yeah, I, i've used mine for uh four months and haven't had any issues with them yeah, but, and and uh, I mean, this, this really, I think, is one of the most important products out on the market right now. I mean, there's, there's people out there killing themselves with tobacco. Absolutely. And they could be doing this instead. That but, is a true statement. I mean, you know, the cigarettes are dangerous not because of the nicotine that's in them. It's because of all the other crap that's in them. Yeah. Um, these e-cigarettes are, are about 20, uh, you know, by some metrics, 22,000 times healthier than a regular cigarette. And you can get this kit. I mean, I think people think that these things cost a lot, but when you think about a carton of cigarettes, these things cost less than a carton of cigarettes. Oh, yeah. You're, you're spending about uh, less than a quarter of the price uh, that you're spending on uh, tobacco cigarettes. Uh, to use these How long does a cartomizer last? One uh, cartomizer. They tell me that one cartomizer is about a pack of cigarettes. Worth, and, worth of puffing, and you've got uh, forty cartomizers um, that you purchase here for what sixty nine ninety nine or something like that at vaporsmiths dot com, and with the coupon code FTL, you'll get free shipping and a free starter kit. So you'll get the e cigarette device thing. Is all you have to do is buy the cartomizers, and you'll get the device for free and shipping for free at uh, vaporsmiths dot com, or you can call eight five five to get vapor. It's vaporsmiths.com. That uh, telephone number is there too. It's eight five five to get vapor. And uh, you know, it's it's a, like you said, a very important product. Lots yeah. of people out there are killing themselves every single day, and this will allow them to do the thing that they enjoy doing. Because I liked smoking. I enjoyed that. I didn't want to quit smoking. Yeah, I was in the same boat. I loved smoking. I I switched to the Vaporsmith in one night. I smoked a cigarette, then I started the Vaporsmith, I never smoked another cigarette. I can't tell you how many people I've heard say the same, the very same thing. I mean, and not only is it just like smoking, but it's like 
better than smoking. You get all the good stuff with none of the bad stuff. Right, your you clothes just, don't smell. Your, your wife doesn't yell at you. You, you can stay you know, inside. Yeah, you can stay inside. You can smoke anywhere. Um, Although I heard they're trying to bl- uh, ban them from airplanes. Has that happened? Um, they may have, but you can uh, go into stealth mode. There, there's a little light on the end of the device that shows people that you're using it, but mm-hmm. you can put your hand over it and you can hold the vapor in, not blow it out. Right. There, there's ways to, to be... Uh, concealed right with cigarette smoke you can't hide the smoke that you would blow out but if you pull this vapor in for long enough it dissipates in your lung it's really just steam essentially water vapor yeah so if you hold it in your lungs it dissipates and then you blow out and you're not blowing out anything so this could actually very easily be smoked um you know in a stealthy way a lot of people don't like it because it looks like a cigarette it's not but it is it's simply a, a mode for uh, getting tobacco into your or excuse me uh, nicotine into your lungs without uh, having to smoke tobacco anyway i you know it's vaporsmiths.com I think it's a great product. So we were talking in the the last segment uh, about sort of you know some of the bad blood the United States has created around the world in the Middle East specifically because of its uh, military adventures. You know, you can guess these things, especially not that I'm advocating short wars. I am not advocating short wars. However, I will tell you that a short war is going to create a lot less, a lot fewer problems than a long war. Um, Occupations, it has been shown, occupations are the things that cause people to uh, do things like um, suicide bombing. Um, You're not going to have people, you know, with with as as high of a level, as many people with as high of a level of... uh, Bitterness. Um, towards- well, sure. I mean, if someone comes and robs my house one night, uh, that's one thing. But if they come back every night and keep doing it, it they, you're going to get bitter. Yeah, that's going to cause bitterness. And when we talk about issues like this, what I have found is that there's a certain um, type of American that will just tune out immediately. Ah, these people hate America. They're America haters. And specifically me. I mean, I used to be one of these guys. I wanted to sign up for the military. Hmm. I supported the United States military and everything it did. It could do no wrong. Those other people in those foreign countries are bad, whoever the hell they are, because they're not Americans. And that's essentially what I thought. Why did you change? Because over time, I looked at the facts. You know, I mean, I'd had to look at the facts. Being here on a nationally syndicated radio program called Free Talk Live means that anybody can call in and talk about anything, and I've got to talk to them. And they would say things, and I, you know, my mind would say, nope, that's wrong. But, you know, you've got to look at it. I mean, a person who is going to hold an opinion and be in a position like I am has to look at facts. So I would look at the facts and. Well, I guess that's right. I guess that's right. And at some point or another, I had to come to the conclusion that, you know, these statements are correct. And, you know, I want to know how does one support the troops in quotes? I want to know how do I support the troops but not support the war? Because I kind of feel like I don't support the troops at all. I support every troop that refuses unconstitutional orders. I don't even know that it's unconstitutional. I mean, the Constitution isn't particularly freedom-oriented. Really, yeah. Immoral orders, in my opinion, immoral orders. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. 
I can truthfully say that VerbalSurgery.com, best daggum podcast I've ever learned to change my neurology right now. Feeling good, feeling better about myself right now. VerbalSurgery.com gets inside of my brain, massages those sweet old brain lobes inside of my head. Feeling better right now. Even now I feel better and I want to go and listen to some VerbalSurgery.com right now. Go do it, baby. Feeling good. It's a SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. The live Sunday edition. You're listening to Mark. And it's Ian. And Osborne. Check out freetalklive.com. Over there, we have a completely interactive website where you can upload stories, blog posts, videos. Is it upload or link, Ian? I I never know what I should say here. You'd be linking. You'd be linking to them. But you can actually just type something, too, if you want. We'll call it link. Yeah. Uh, you can link to blog posts, <laughs> news stories, videos, whatever you uh, think would be of interest, and folks will vote those up, vote them down. The, um, you can do the same to other people's. It's completely interactive, as I said. Go check it out. Lots of relevant, important news stories there. Certainly getting a lot more eyes on them than, say, oh, I don't know, your Facebook uh, live stream thing. So it's freetalklive.com. Also, there's all kinds of all kinds of different ways to listen to Free Talk Live there. Not only are we on 100 great radio stations, more than 100 great radio stations across the country, um, several uh, satellite options, couple satellite options, uh, XM, free to air. There's live streams on the Internet, uh, the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com, where we are waving to you now, and uh, listen lines. You can call into telephone numbers that we have there for you around the world and listen to Free Talk Live if you can get us in no other way. That's how much we care about you. We want to make sure you can get Free Talk Live. 855-450-3733. So everybody's talking about the austerity measures that the government is, uh, is, is kicking in here. And I don't think... That sounds like a horrible word, Mark. What does it mean? Austerity? Yeah. I mean, this is the thing that the Greeks are rioting in the streets about, right? It's uh, Austerity is terrible. It's, well, according to Investors.com, it doesn't exist. Well, the, austerity means uh, to, to kind of uh, cut back, to go without, right? Severely. Severely. Yeah. It's a, in a severe way, but yeah, it's <laughs> not happening. I mean, they're, they're calling them austerity measures, but in fact, according to uh, Investors.com, federal spending is up 5% this year. That's well, austerity. Well, I mean, if, if it was up uh, 8% last year and it's 5% this year, that to the government people, that's austere. That's a cut, right? We're, we're slicing 3%. We are not growing as quickly as we were the year, years in the past. Right. Usually when you hear about budget cuts, that's what they're talking about. Yeah. That's... <laughs> It just goes to show um, – Here, let me read the article here. When, when Republicans took control of the House in January, they pledged – this is your politicians pledging to you folks – to make deep cuts in federal spending. They're not my politicians. Well, there's folks listening that um, may very well consider them their, their politicians. Someone does. Yes, someone does. Mm-hmm. According to uh, the, the polls that I've uh, seen, between 8 and 9% of... Uh, one the, in 10. Yeah, one in 10 people consider the uh, the government to have the consent of the governed. The other 9 out of 10 do not believe the government in the United States has the consent of the governed. Which to me says, 
whoa, what is going to happen in 2012? I have no idea. We just read an article last night where uh, the Huffington Post was talking about how Ron Paul really could win. And sure. I think he really could. Maybe. He, he just won uh, the uh, straw poll in Ohio. The Ohio uh, straw poll. Oh, well, the straw polls that Ron Paul wins don't count. When Herman Cain wins a straw poll, say in Florida, it's huge news. Mm-hmm. Ah. When Bachman wins a straw poll in uh, Ames, Iowa, by just a, a couple dozen votes, a few dozen votes more than Ron Paul, it's gigantic news. But Ron Paul winning straw polls from California to Illinois to New Hampshire, um, all these straw polls, it's not news. It means nothing. It is meaningless. Right. Well, um, how about the whole blackout thing that you guys have been advertising uh, for the past few weeks? Have you seen one news article about that? He, right. ra- he the, raised $2.7 million over the weekend. The suggestion was that uh, from blackthisout.com that uh, they were, we were going to raise enough money, and I donated. Um, Ian, you donated? Yep. Osborne, did you? Uh, no. Not on that day? Um, the, the suggestion was that if they had enough, uh, they had enough people go together, the news wouldn't be able to ignore it. And, in fact, they chose to ignore it. It was... Uh, um, Two million, more than two million dollars were raised in one day, and two point seven, I believe, over the course of their blackthisout.com sort of span of time, and they didn't care. Nobody, nobody reported on it. Ron Paul's raised as much money, nearly as much money as these other big guys, Perry and Romney, more than Kane, who's considered a front runner by uh, the, the front runner by many at this point. Hmm. And well, d- no news story on it. I'm he not did- surprised. He did. He was on Meet the Press, though, um, in this this, yes, he this was. Sunday. Wait, I, did you, you watch that? I, had, I did. I, haven't had I, a chance I to certainly didn't wake up and watch it, but I recorded it and <laughs> watched it later. How did that go? <laughs> uh, it was uh, really good. Uh, he uh, said a number of things that uh, we've heard him say many times before. He had some good points about um, how the United States came out of the Depression after the war. And it's not the war that got us out of the Depression or got them. Uh, who came before us out of the depression, but it was the fact that the war ended and then, then all those dollars that were previously being spent on warring could now be spent in doing actual production. Yeah. That and the fact that everybody else who was producing at that point was lying and smoking rubble. Yes. I mean, essentially the United States was one of the few places after world war two that had not been destroyed completely. Mm -hmm. So there was no competition in the arena. Uh, But you know, Ron Paul makes a good point, which is you got to take your medicine. The fact is, you guys have been been partying like it's 1999 for well, at the very least since the end of the uh, the, the Nixon administration when the when the dollar went completely off of uh, um, off of the gold standard. Some might say that uh, you know the the spending really went up during the Bush administration. Okay, I'll give them that. Um, you know, whatever it is, it seems like uh, since. The uh, the housing bubble burst. They, they you know the, they really started dumping money um, into this situation, and that doesn't solve the problem. It only prolongs it. Sure. And speaking of dumping money into things, the the one thing that you're hearing the uh, news people report on today after this Meet the Press interview is the fact that Ron Paul wants to get rid of federal student loans. The horror, right? And the the idea that uh, well he's uh, He's alienating uh, all these young people who have been supporting him by uh, by saying such things when the reality is that, you know, the people who are following Ron Paul, they understand that the reason these tuition rates are so 
god-awful high is because of all the money that the federal government pumps into it through these student loans. Essentially, universities have become welfare queens. Absolutely. They have uh, grown, you know, as the government pumps money into them, they get bigger and bigger, less efficient, less, they don't have to compete in the marketplace to provide education. They're doing all kinds of other things. They get guaranteed business, right? It, it, it is. I mean, it really is. Every university out there, except for what, Hillsdale College. Um, so, I mean, you can basically say 99.9, add some nines onto that, percent of universities take federal funding and they're just welfare queens. And they can't, they, they can't, they, they can't even imagine a world where they would have to compete against other universities to supply people with an education that would be useful in the marketplace. They're out there just pumping people with uh, degrees that they can't use, sending them out there and, you know, have fun serving folks drinks. We don't care. There was a guy at the Occupy Keen uh, events at one point who was complaining about the fact that everybody he knows who's very successful didn't go to college. Wow. Right. Yeah. I, it, it, what, what's the the um, what's the explanation for that, Osborne? I mean, you went did a lot of colleging. And oh yeah, I loved it. I loved any. college. I you know I spent other people's money uh, doing it and uh, had a great time. But uh, I With can't say scholarships. That, is that what you're claiming? Yes, yes, yes. And then you took some student loans out too. Oh yeah, I love those student loans. You don't have to pay interest on them. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I uh, took that money, I invested it, I uh, paid the money back when I was done with school and uh, had a nice wad of cash to sit on. You had six, you have six months um, after you get out of school for still it's no interest and then you just uh, paid it off and then you had whatever you had made on the investments that you'd made up to that point. Right. And, you know, that's government, it's government money, people. That, you know, <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. I mean, some people are going to use the system, make some money for themselves. I don't blame you. I think, I think it's an awesome way to have, have done that. Let's go on with this article here. So the claim is the Republicans took control of the House and they're going to make deep cuts in federal spending. In April, they succeeded in passing a bill advertised as cutting $38 billion from the fiscal uh, 2011 budget. Then in August, they pushed a deal to cut an additional $2.4 trillion over the next decade. Some analysts have blamed these spending cuts for the year's economic slowdown, but we'll find out not exactly They're the still case. spending. They're just, just cutting the amount they're going to spend, right? Free Talk Live, 855-453-free. It's 855-450-3733 on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition, 855-450-3733. It is Mark with you. And Ian. And Osborne. Ian, thank you for sitting in on the Sunday edition here of uh, Free Talk Live. Normally, this is your your night off, but uh, and I was having a nice day. It's uh, you know, it's not been that cold thus far in New Hampshire this year, and so we had a, our free keen fest. Oh, thank goodness, uh, we're not talking about the weather. Okay, go ahead. In, in town, and it was just a perfect day to be out with a bunch of liberty minded folks uh, in in 
in New Hampshire, man. I mean, just such a great movement. All kinds of new people coming up here at all, at all times, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. So, what happened at the Freaking Fest? Um, people hung out. We uh, there was a little bit, a little bit of gambling as always. Uh, I actually uh, I actually won a dollar while I was. For you, gambling and is, is is an amazing. Uh, normally, beat. I don't. Normally, I don't participate in the gambling table, but uh, it's something that's been there every single time. And so, so Free Keen Fest usually in, involves outreach. Uh, it involves music. Uh, so there was a live band there as well, and actually Luther uh, played his ukulele, which was amplified. Interestingly, He's one bad ukulele player. Yep, and uh, so you know, socializing, outreach, a little bit of civil disobedience. Uh, some some marijuana was smoked, I think, uh, at one point. And this is right in the the center of town. They attempted kind of public. Yep, they attempted to. Uh, there was like the Parks and Rec guy who ha- tried to shut it down in the very beginning. Apparently, and I wasn't there for this part. I got there maybe about five minutes after the start time. He had already gone. Uh, but uh, Lauren and Jim, some of the earliest movers to New Hampshire as part of, part of the Free State Project, were there, kind of setting up some stuff in the beginning. And he said, "You need to have a permit uh, to set up." And Jim said, "No, I don't." And he pointed out that uh, the way their own laws are written in the parks here, you're supposed to be allowed to just be there. You can set up a table. It's not a problem uh, as long as you're not occupying the entire park. So as long as someone has the ability to come and be there and do do their own thing, as long as it's still acting as a common area, then they can't uh, do that to you. So This is a common said, thing that bureaucrats do. They'll say something. That's not say, true. Is that the law? And they'll say yes. That's the law. Mm-hmm. And so they have just made the law on their own. And you have to really know this crap that these these people write down because they'll say anything. Yeah, but what good does it do to know it if they're just going to do it anyway? It, it, it has its advantages, I suppose. Um, well, the yeah. guy went away. And he didn't. Uh, the co- if he called the police, the police didn't come because we didn't see a single uh, officer the entire four hours that we were out there today. And, of course, we're talking about the Free State Project, which is the movement of liberty-oriented people like us uh, who've moved here to New Hampshire to get together with other like-minded folks and be active. Oh, come to think of it, I'm celebrating my one-year anniversary uh, probably today or yesterday. Yeah. Good heavens. Wow, man. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's a Free State Project. Uh, You can go to freestateproject.org, find out more. It's a movement of uh, hopefully 20,000 liberty-loving individuals to one state in order to, well, uh, make the maximum role of government in that state, the protection of life liberty and property it's freestateproject.org so we're talking about the myth of the austerity cuts that have gone on here in the united states um here from investors.com um they were talking about the uh, the, the supposed cuts that have been put in place by the new republicans that were brought in in 2010 some analysts have blamed these spending cuts for this year's economic slowdown but data released by the treasury department on friday show that so far there haven't been any spending cuts at all. In fact, in the first nine months of this year, federal spending was $120 billion higher than in the same period in 2010, the data wait, show. Wait, the Republicans lied? I, maybe, you know, I mean, when they, when they put out these budgets, things have to go, you know, move forward. So I'm sure that there's going, you know, there's some intent to cut social programs by many of these uh, Republicans that went in. Is there really? I, think I don't so. think so. And when you say put forth a budget, the, my understanding is there actually hasn't been a budget put forth uh, in a number of terms now, right? It's, Haven't they been just no, ex- they ex- extending? One, right? 
I, I think that they um, have been extending an old budget and kind of cutting at it recently. Really? They don't just – I thought they shut down if they don't have a new budget every year. Yeah, but, and then they keep extending it, though. So they've done this a number of times at this so point. So they're copying the old budget is what you're saying? Uh, I don't know that they're copying it so much as uh, just saying, okay, we'll just keep doing what we're doing for mm-hmm. now until we can agree on something in the future. You, no, know, just, you know how you, you kick the can down the road. I don't believe – kicking the can down the road. Yeah, I don't believe the claim that the Republicans want to cut social programs at all. I don't think there's anything to that claim. Okay. Um, that's an increase of almost 5%, and deficits during this time were uh, $23.5 billion higher. These spending hikes haven't stopped many analysts from claiming that the country's in an age of budget austerity, one that's hurting economic growth. In July, in um, USA Today, for example, um, they claim that already in 2011, softer government spending has sapped growth. Well, because, of course, uh, when government spends money, that's economic growth, right? Right. Of course. <laughs> A uh, group no. of people that actually don't produce anything. Well, so why, why is it then that government spending money is not economic growth? They're spending money. They're buying things. People have to make stuff. Right. But they're buying things that people would wouldn't voluntarily buy with their own money, right? So if I if I take the money out of your wallet that you're going to use to buy a video game and then go and buy a taco with it and then bring it to you, you can't say that I've created anything. I've just robbed you of what you were going to do and given you something you didn't want. Plus incredible inefficiencies. Um, inefficiency is the equivalent of taking money outside and setting it on fire, right? I mean, Which when, they pretty much do when it comes to war. When you, well, uh, right. That's um, the suggestion. If, if you're going to increase the economy by spending money on war, then the same thing should be true of your personal economy, which means that you should be able to go outside, uh, set your car on fire, uh, blow your car up, and then your, your family will be better off. It's ludicrous that you could take money, make it go kaboom, and – your economy is going to be better. It's absolute insanity. It doesn't make any sense at all, and no one can defend it. If you can defend it, please call 855-450-3733. I would love to hear an explanation of this, because I've been told all my life that World War II ended the Great Depression, and it didn't. The fact is that, uh, you know, that it, you know, it was the after World War II when the economy went back to a peacetime economy, more so. And the United States didn't have any competition around the world because the rest of the competition was lying in smoking ruins, whether it was Japan or Europe or wherever. Um, you know, the Soviet Union was in terrible shape, too. Not that it was really competition. But these places, they couldn't compete against the United States because it was the only place left not, that didn't get blown up. Well, it almost sounds like you're arguing for war in that case. What do you mean? Well, someone could interpret that. I know that you're not, but someone could say, well, clearly we need to go destroy the competition. Then we'll have an economic boom after the war. Again, we got the seen and the unseen, right? So how much better would it have been if there were trading partners around the world that we could have uh, made use of uh, that weren't decimated? Ian, no one, um, as I understand it, there hasn't been any, uh, you know, there's, the United States hasn't attacked anybody who has a nuclear weapon at this point. And the countries that have nuclear weapons are the countries that are producing. The United States isn't going to go head-to-head with some place like France, Great Britain, Germany, China, the Soviet Union, because those places can actually defend themselves. They just want to spend money going after these little tin-pot dictators. Well, they appear to be willing to dance around the whole Pakistan thing, and they've got plenty of nukes over there. They've got some, and, uh, you know... I. I think that they I think that the Pakistan is a uh, is is a probably a divided government to some extent. They certainly like the big payoffs, you know, cuz the, the payoffs haven't stopped to Pakistan. Certainly uh there are attacks going on on their sovereign soil, but 
I don't think they really care much about what goes on in West Waziristan or whatever. So I get the point you're making about that one factor of the recovery was that there was maybe fewer competitors around the world, but I don't think that that's something that really should be brought up because uh, that the economy would have recovered anyway just because people were going back to productive things. And as Osborne points no, out, I don't think that having competition is, is a good thing for economies as well. It's not exactly the case. The 1950s were a boom time, and people believe that the World War II jettisoned us out of that. And if all things were the same and the United States was competing against these other world powers, the increase in productivity wouldn't have been as marked the reason that the um, that the United States did so well is the rest of the competition was in ruins for five years, maybe at the, you know completely. The whole then, world wasn't destroyed; only some places were. Only the places that are productive. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, tell me the places that are productive that are right now that are producing things that weren't blown up then. I see what you're saying, that uh, in the absence of competitors, you can be more successful. But overall, uh, the world was worse off for it. I would agree with that. Okay. Absolutely. I'm just saying the United States took the, this huge leap forward because of that. Yeah, I, I, I still disagree, right? Because uh, um, are you going to make more money selling to some poor beggar in the street or more money uh, to someone who's you know working and producing themselves? Right? It's not that they didn't have money. It's just that they didn't have capital. Um, they, you know, their, their factories were blown up um, and destroyed. Right. And capital is what you use to create more wealth, right? So if you're creating more wealth and trading and creating more wealth they together, there's, that, a, there's a whole synergy that's buying created, that right? capital from the United States. They're, you know, the factories and the things that worked and you know the the metals and ores. They just didn't. They weren't. They were in smoking rubble. And I, read it I, I hear you, dude. No, I, I don't. I still not with Most you. important from this article, <laughs> if government spending is related to go- growth, as these others claim, then the economy presumably should be growing faster, not slower. I'm Get with me. Osborne. He's the expert. <laughs> he is an expert. Free Talk Live. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight. It's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators. Any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. freetalklivesolar.com. Live, 855-450-3733. You can uh, listen to Free Talk Live in all kinds of different ways. Not only are we uh, on uh, you know, more than 100 great radio stations across the country, but we also have uh, some satellite options, XM, free to air. There's live streams on the Internet, the CAM at cam.freetalklive.com, and uh, listen lines. Check them out at freetalklive.com. It's Mark 
And Ian. And Osborne. The live Sunday edition. Give us a call at 855-450-3733. Take control of the airwaves. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. 855-450-3733. So there's something that I want to follow up on uh, from last hour. I know you want to talk about Herman Cain, but you asked Osborne a question and you never actually let him answer it. Do you remember what the question was? No. Go ahead. (laughs) Another way to say it, it might be I avoided the question. Okay. I don't know. No, I don't think we kind of ran out of time. Uh, but the issue was brought up that there was an experience I had where a guy at an Occupy Keen event had complained that it seemed to him as though all the most successful people he knows didn't go to college. And, of course, he went to college and he isn't doing as well as these folks and is kind of upset by you know He's been butthurt by the, the college system and that's what it does to people. It's, it screws a lot of them over. Some people it helps. But for many people, it's not worth their while, and I think he was a little bit upset about that. But you would ask the question of Osborne, essentially, well, why is it that so many successful people haven't gone to college? No, no, I was uh, ask- actually asking him to back that statement up or rebut that statement in any way, because I don't believe oh. that statement. Well, I'd you be willing be- to wait, bet wait, wait, wait. that it was a lot more true uh, in years past, right? But nowadays, almost everybody goes to college, right, because they're just handing out uh, you know, tuition money to everybody. So I, I don't know that it's quite true anymore what wait what what don't you believe i believe that success is success and going to college is going to college and these things are not necessarily correlative in any way um that you (laughs) i don't know i i mean i would speculate that the reason why people that are outside of the college system maybe could be more successful i mean obviously clearly there's a variety of levels of success some people don't aren't very successful at all but i think that when you go to college you're still being brought and indoctrinated into this hierarchical system uh this mindset that you have to go and get a job somewhere when you graduate they're not teaching people to be entrepreneurs for the most part in these colleges i would agree and, with the entrepreneur portion that's well if you want to be really successful usually that's the way you have to do it if you're going to be working if you're working for the man uh your whole life you're not likely going to be as as, uh, as successful, in my opinion, as if you create something yourself, if you create a product or service and you're the one who brings that directly to the marketplace, uh, you can. I think you can reap more rewards that way and overall become more more successful. But the the model that is taught in the schools is plug into this system, kids. This works. You get a job. You work that job. You work your career. Work it for your whole life. You know, forty some more years, and then you can retire. And that's all you have to do. And they don't teach kids to go out and step out and take risks. I would you've, got to, you've got to take risks to be truly successful, I think. I, I agree with that, that the, the college will, that school in general tries to teach you that and that it's not a particularly valuable formula. I mean, you went to college. Did they teach you to be an entrepreneur there? Uh, in there, I, I probably had a little different college experience than uh, most people. I went uh, to Hillsdale College. and then Which is uh, the one college. That yeah, the one college that doesn't, doesn't take, take federal, uh, federal money. monies. So I, I probably had a, different, a, a little bit of paradise? a different uh, uh, learning track than, than some people. But, is it a libertarian paradise? Uh, no, it's the opposite of that. Okay, okay But um, back in my day, they certainly tried to build themselves as being such. I, I would say it's more of a neocon uh, stronghold at this point. Okay. That's besides the point. But you also went to George Mason. Yeah, yes, I did. And uh, I studied economics there with uh, Austrian and uh, experimental economists. So you're saying that they did teach you to be an entrepreneur? Yes. So uh, especially at George Mason, I had uh, a number of uh, professors who were actually out in the real business world uh, that would come in and and teach classes. Hmm. And so – so it's there for people that are seeking it or like, what yes, is the and, average and I, I would say uh, actually in the, at the community colleges, uh, you actually get a lot more of that because uh, there's a little more uh, flexibility and uh, um, uh, freedom 
to just kind of do whatever you want. So you get a lot of the just kind of quirky and uh, interesting people from the real world that come in and teach the classes mm-hmm. there. So it, I think you can actually learn a lot more in that environment than you can uh, at the university where you, you've got these ivory tower people who've never really set foot out of their office. But you think that the other people in the college world had a different experience than you. You feel like you're your experience was a little different. Why? Because it was an economic track or something like that, or what? yeah, uh, it had uh, you know, I, I I don't know how to explain this right off the top of my head. But, okay, uh, you know, the the university system definitely has much more of a like a cookie cutter uh, okay. environment to it, where they they herd you into classrooms with you know three hundred people at a time, and Learn. there's not really a whole lot of learning going on so yeah. much as that, like, I was a I was a, uh, a bouncer for one of my professors for one of his classes, and I would uh, put on my sunglasses and leather jacket and walk down the aisles and make sure people weren't, you know, watching porn on their laptops. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I wonder, when you're talking about classrooms as big as these university classrooms, you're talking about 300 people in a class and sometimes more, uh, depending on the size of the university, why in the world, why don't, why don't they just do this on the internet? Why can't I just... Make a YouTube video, Professor, and I will watch it, and I will turn in whatever I need to turn in. They I mean, have those things. Oh, I mean, they absolutely. have internet courses. And I'm not that old either, but even you know, just a few years ago when I was in college, the I mean, there wasn't that much. I got my first computer when I was a freshman in college, right? So uh, back then, there weren't these learning opportunities out there like there are today. Like now, you could get on the internet and learn whatever the heck you want to go to mises.org and they've got classes that you can take online with uh, great economists like tom woods and robert murphy they certainly do and are those free uh they're not free but there's nominal fees involved mm-hmm. in taking those but it's uh you know fractions of they what have it lots of to go to, lots uh, and lots of uh, podcasts though that you could download mp3s and listen to the at mises.org absolutely you'll get you'll get an education like you want to get you can create your own education essentially there yeah what i was talking about is the actual interactive classes where they're you know video conferencing and you can you know live interact with these professors just mm-hmm. like you were taking a class with them at a school except not paying the huge amounts of money let's go to the phones here we got uh, jed in wyoming jed yeah oh sorry did you guys interrupt me like petting my cat making ridiculous fool myself <laughs> we wouldn't have known you can talk about whatever you want to talk oh. about had you not said it Oh, I, oh, yeah. I was, anyways, I was going to say about college, I didn't mean to go into that conversation, but the only reason I would think one would go into college is just to get any one of the myriad of, like, things that you need to go into college to get, like any kind of a medical license or, you know, pretty much medical license or anything that they require some kind of certification for, anything like business or anything like that. I've never seen anybody succeed more on a business license. Yeah, I, than what they have. I'm not sure what business license there is, um, but I, I, think, I don't think there is a bit. I mean, just getting a business degree in general. I'm not sure like, that a business degree business. is that valuable. I got to tell you, I oh, no, uh, taught a number of MBA invaluable. classes, and the only reason it, yeah, the only thing I'm saying would be valuable to do is something the government requires you to have, like a college license thing for having. Right, I would think like the medical degree. I've come up with uh, doctors, lawyers, and engineers. Um, you know, I mean, these things make perfectly good sense to me. There's probably some other stuff yeah. out there, but these these come to the top of Which my mind. Which sucks because, like, it seems to me that people could do that stuff just as good, and there's people just as smart that would like to go into those things that aren't able to because they don't have a little government piece of paper. There you go. And although I, this wasn't actually my point, although I am pissed because I always wanted to be a registered nurse because you can get jobs like that all over the country, and apparently even if you're a felon, you can't do that. 
a lot of the times, especially if you have theft, felonies, or anything drug-related. Hmm. I'm not familiar, but um, it may it may very well be the the case. I've heard that felons can't be morticians and dentists. <laughs> Wow, I, I probably wouldn't really? hire a drug thief to work in my hospital with yeah. my drugs. Makes sense. No, not a, not necessarily a drug thief, but say like I was convicted at the age of nineteen because I was caught at seventeen, but they waited till I was over the age of mm-hmm. eighteen to convict me for it, so I could get convicted as an adult. And then all the all the medical things that I'd went through in college and all of that stuff was pretty much null and void because there was no way that I was going to be able to go in any kind of occupation like that in Damn. the future. So, anyways, yeah, I was going sucks. to talk about. I had a crazy experience today with a soldier doing a toy drive outside of the Walmart here in Casper. Really? How'd that go? Yeah. Well, it went all right. I walked in, you know, just coming in to buy a little video game that I wanted to play for a long time, and there was a like a National Reserve chick or one of those people. National Reserve like chick. Very you. respectful. Hold the line here, Chad. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll hear this story in its in its entirety. <laughs> the National Reserve chick. It's going well already. 855-450-3733 here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday Edition. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Free Talk Lives, live Sunday edition. We take your calls at 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Ian. And Osborne. 855-450-FREE. Let's go right back into the calls with Jed right after this. I recently acquired a fifty caliber air rifle that can bring down a deer. It's called... The Dragon Claw, and it is frankly quite awesome. You guys have neither of you have had a chance to to try this thing out. It is amazing. <laughs> now I put a whole bunch of rounds through it in the past few weeks, and I've actually let a couple of my friends do the same, and they uh, agree it is it, it's great rifle. It's powerful, but it isn't a firearm, and you can buy it uh, online. Um, I'll, they'll have it shipped to you with no problem anywhere in, in the United States, as I understand it. The government won't give you any trouble. It's PyramidAir.com. The purveyors of this rifle sell small board rifle and a large bore air gun suitable for medium and large game. Their experts there can help you find the best air gun for your needs right over the phone. They worked with me. You can get a 10% off or free shipping, whichever is better, with coupon code FTL11. Please go now and view the amazing Dragon Claw at airgun.freetalklive.com. Peruse the site there. See all the amazing air guns and accessories they have for you. It's airgun.freetalklive.com. Wait a sec. I never heard of such a thing. How, how does it work? Does it use like a CO2 canister or, what, or do you pump it up? Or? There, there is a pump for it, but you'll be pumping a long time. Um, you can also you can fill it with a basically the tank from a um, scuba diving tank. Awesome. Get the air, and it'll uh, it'll fire twelve to fifteen rounds. Um, it has a high power and a low power setting, and it'll put push this fifty caliber slug thing 
down that barrel. Is that a standard piece of ammunition, or do you have to you buy get them? It, you get it from them, okay. um, but they and they make them right there. They're 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 much cheaper than ammunition because huh. you know there's no you know that's just, just yeah. a little piece of lead. And this thing, uh, I saw a video where it went through seven two liter bottles full of liquid. Mm. And if you can imagine the puncture, and then going through the liquid, and then the puncture, and then the puncture, and then going through the liquid, and then mm-hmm. seven of them. That's a lot. Fourteen and, punctures. Yeah, that's well. It doesn't go all the way through the, se- the oh, seventh really? one. I believe. I believe it did not go all the 13. way through the seventh one. But that's you know, it just shows the power of this thing. It has the muzzle velocity of a handgun. Incredible. Incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's um, airgun.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Jed in Wyoming. Jed. Hello. Hello, uh, Army Reserve Chip. Yeah, well, after all that, man, I like before I lock myself away in my basement and shoot myself up with rat away and pump up with my fifty shotgun freaking thing full of air rifle velocity. Anyways, uh, that the, your commercial Hilarious. thing was pretty no funny. I didn't know if it was a, I didn't know if it was a joke or not at the end. But um, what was I going on about? Oh, my little experience with uh, with the Army Marine base here in Wyoming. Was it some kind of a recruiting thing? I thought you said it was at uh, the Walmart. Yeah, it was at Walmart. It was at a Walmart. I walked into Walmart, and I wear this, like, uh, my girlfriend gave me this kind of, you know, like one of those things with the white and red plaid-looking terrorist, not really terrorist, but Muslim kind of rags that they wear over there. Huh? Okay. I like the thing. A tablecloth thing? Gotcha. Yeah, I think it looks cool, so I wear it all over the place, and I don't really think about it. As headgear? So I'm walking... What's, what do you call as it? As headgear? You're wearing this as headgear? I'm just wearing it on my head, like wrapped around and tied around my head because it's cold outside. Okay. That seems like a really <laughs> bad choice, but go ahead. I don't know. I think it looks cool and whatever. So I'm walking into this thing and somebody gives this one uh, Marine or whatever veteran kind of thing, hands me a piece of paper and it's a toys for whatever thing. So I fold it up and I put it in my pocket. I tie a knife. I go in, I get my video game, I get my juice or whatever, and I walk back outside, and I walk out, and then I see you know, there's a bigger, more scarier-looking dude out there. He says, how you doing, buddy? I said, oh, I'm doing all right, man, you know. How you doing? Jed, how about, so about how old I, are you? I'm, old, I'm 27, actually, but I know okay. I sound like a kid, so. Okay, just I'm just making sure you know, seeing if you're in their age range of. Do you look targets. like a target for them? Oh no, he was probably he was probably actually younger than me, but he had the he was a big bushy, you know, had the full sandy beard kind of thing going on. It was he was an intimidating guy. Let's put it that way. Okay, okay. So, hey, 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 man, can I talk to you for a second? It's like, oh sure, whatever, buddy. You know, and we walk over here by the thing, and he's being nice to me until we get about in the middle of the parking lot, and he says. What's the deal wearing that ter- what, terrorist? Blah, 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 blah. And I looked at him, you know, and I'm goofy all the time. So I said, What, you know, I know you guys are toys for whatever. I'm I'm toys for terrorists or whatever. Just joking with him. Not really that I believe that, but like, come on. You obviously, he hates Muslims or whatever. Mm. So he says, That's you, you son of a bitch. And I start flee. I flee from the scene, like, as fast as I can. But this SOB is fast, you know? So it's I'm fast. from the scene, like, ah. And there's this big hill that, like, it, there's this big hill that, you know, dumps down into the radio shack. It's like mm-hmm. a different mini mall thing up in there. Uh-huh. 
and I'm fleeing. He's, like, he's yelling at me all the time. I'm like, so let me get this God. straight. To, a guy at that? a Toys for Tots thing chased you and was attempting he's to. Not, it's, what? A, it's not. I have the piece of paper right here. It's like a the military, some kind of military thing. They're trying to raise money for toys for something. Uh-huh. Which is reasonable. I took the flyer as I went in. So this guy was, was in the military, that. or just somebody else who was dropping off toys? No, they were all in full military garb. He had mm. the full. Mil- he had the hat on. They were all camouflaged up. I didn't know the they were allowed to right have beards. Yeah, I thought military guys didn't have beards. Oh no, this dude had a full. Like he had the the mustache. Like he had a red little mustache thing, and the rest of it was all. He was an evil. Like almost. I don't out know of if a, I believe this story. Like I don't believe any of it. <laughs> so what happened really? after he chased you down the hill? I don't believe the part about him wearing terrorist it, garb out in uh, what happened, Chesler, Wyoming. <laughs> what happened when they chased you down the hill? Oh, dude, it's even funnier. It gets better, dude. Oh, As he was does. chasing me down the hill, I got my little like stoner buddies down the thing, you know. Oh, wow. Wow. Hold on. You've got your stoner buddies down the hill. What did you expect? Trouble? <laughs> no, not at all. I was then just why are they waiting get... down the hill? Did because they have their air rifles? Dude, I went to go get a video game, bro. Yeah. And they're waiting down the hill from you? Why didn't they come in? Are they banned from Walmart? you got to wrap no, the story just... up, man. No. So oh, they're happened? just chilling down the hill doing the thing. The funny part was that the dude ran into a cactus. I didn't get to that, that part. That is funny. Ran Did into a cactus? It would have been really funny if I would have got to the part where the dudes, like, I fell down the hill, he grabbed me, and we fell down like Garfield and Odie or whatever, you know? It did sound went, like it was out of a cartoon. And yeah. he got, what's it? Yeah, I told just, you, man. And just it, he fantastic. got caught up in. I'm glad you're all right, Jed. Yeah, it's a good thing he survived that, uh, wearing the terrorist outfit in Wyoming and stuff. 855-450-3733. Not terrible, you know. Not a very good crank, though. You know, as cranks go, it's not terrible, though. I don't think I believe it. I don't believe, believe it for that a second. One? No, it's no a crank. not for a minute. We need Cobra Commander to call in, I feel. Yeah, Cobra Commander, far better crank. Let's go to this story from alternet.com. Herman Cain's go-to... His- .org. You're right. Yeah. It is .org. Alternet.org. You just look it in, up on a search engine and it'll show up. Right. What do you want? Herman Cain's go-to historian on the Muslim world. Destroy Islam. Now that her, her, Herman Cain is officially a frontrunner for the Republican nomination, the vetting process has picked up in a hurry. The Atlantic's Connor Federsdorf stumbled upon a treasure trove of syndicated columns the Atlanta businessman wrote between 2006 and 2009. And they mm-hmm. are doozies. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. It's the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. So we're going to find out what he said, right? Indeed, we are. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Talk Live, 855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It is Mark with you. Andy and, and Osborne. Now, I know I, I sold the Herman Cain story here about, well, some real gems here that uh, Atlanta 
um, that they were that the Atlantic's Conard Fredendorf dug up on Herman Cain. But this is the show about your calls. So it's uh, let's take Zach in, in Minnesota. Ian, it's not the show about your calls. It is a show that you can take control of and bring up whatever you want. Sorry, that's not the it's not the imaging you want, right? Yeah, I think I think that uh, you know we used to use the it's the show about your calls thing, and it's you know it's a show that's about more than that. It's a show that's about ideas and freedom, and we'll take your calls about anything. Excellent. Let's go to Zach in Minnesota. Zach. Evening, gentlemen. How is everyone? All's well. Please go on. Uh, speaking of ideas, uh, I was I was doing some thinking today, like I like to do about you know libertarian philosophy and everything, and I I came to a roadblock. Um, what? do you gentlemen think would happen as far as science and the advancement of theories, maybe even like space exploration? Where is the free market solution? Do, do you think science would maybe come to a grinding halt if there, if there was no money in it? Didn't they just open a spaceport? Uh, Virgin, the, the Branson guy, the billionaire, didn't he just open the first private spaceport or like one of the first? I, I guess there have been private launching pads for a long time, but this is more of like a commercial or a, a like a, an individual targeted kind of go go for a space ride kind of spaceport. Like not really an airport, but I guess sort of that. I think they're giving sort of space, you know, sort of high atmosphere rides at this point. Yeah. So uh, isn't that happening? I mean, isn't you brought up space. And so isn't the private space world happening? Aren't they developing space hotels and all manner of different propulsion? Those those things I I can I can see the obvious the obvious profit motive. Uh, People will pay a lot of money to experience zero gravity. But as far as sending rovers and orbiters to Mars and beyond. I just don't see where the money is there. So if people don't want it, why should we have it? Well, I guess I can see some value in, um, you know, everything we've learned about space and everything. Uh, And when I say we, I just mean the human race collectively. So are you saying Um, that people do or don't want to learn about space? I I would say that... uh, some people obviously do, but um, if there was no government to employ those people, uh, I don't see what else they would do. Uh, the, well, the how many people do you for, think are interested in learning about space? I'm sure a fair amount. Uh, I wouldn't put a number so on why, it. So why why wouldn't they be able to just put something together and fund their efforts and you know rally Let's people to their the cause? Let's not forget the fact that uh, that the, that the government essentially owns the land here on planet Earth, and I, for one, would like to get away from them. Well, I think so that let's there's not colonization, forget. there's mining, there's all kinds of aspects to, uh, you know, extraterrestrial bodies out there that we're not referring to. I'm not talking about sending a remote control gizmo. If right. there was an inefficient and stupid way to go about doing space exploration, the government would find that they way and it would that, employ yeah. it directly. I just don't understand. If there is a, an efficient and valuable way to do space exploration, the free market will employ that directly. Uh, yeah, I, I see. A, right, I see a huge interest in space. So it seems like to me that there'd be no problem whatsoever getting money together to do whatever sort of research or exploration you're looking to do, whether it be a profit incentive or just because people love the idea of you know exploring the unknown. Now, I would, Zach, I might be able to go with you um, on issues like, say, global warming. If global warming is as it's purported by a certain aspect of, uh, of the community out there, uh, the science community out there, then it is contrary to the profit motive in many ways. Um, so you may not see the science for global warming come uh, forward, but I think space is a, is a layup. Okay. 
Well, uh, I just wanted to call and uh, get you guys' opinions on that because, uh, like I said, I hit kind of a roadblock, so I wasn't sure where to go with it. You know, there's there's some aspects like, uh, for instance, that that go contrary to uh, profit motive um, that I've I've found to be very interesting. One of them, um, you know, that that comes to mind off the top of my head is breastfeeding. Now, you know, these major food companies have huge incentives to incentivize, you know, to educate women on their, you know, pablum or whatever it is that they feed babies. And there's no profit incentive in breast milk, but it's, it has a huge resurgence right now. Um, people are, are into it and uh, excited about it. Um, organic foods, there's a big resurgence in, but they don't have the money behind them. So... Things are popular. I mean, There's people want niches. to know how to live life better, and they want to expand themselves to other places and, you know, explore the unknown. I mean, people are going to want to do these things, and it's just – I think if you actually had the marketplace handling research, not just space but all, all manner of research, then you'd actually have the allocation that the marketplace would be demanding, and you wouldn't have just some set of bureaucrats deciding what's important so uh, and deciding to whom to give these grants to as far as you know which scientists are basically boot kissing the most effectively to get the the handouts you'd instead have scientists that were actually marketing themselves and their ideas to the marketplace and to people with money that want to learn about these things and and uh, you know pro- propel these uh, methods into the future right in, in a marketplace you can di- you can be nimble and divert your uh, resources toward those things that people are interested in like you were saying with the breast milk and so maybe you're not selling baby formula but you can sell new and better ways of extracting breast, breast milk pumps. or you know supplements to make your breast milk better or you know anything like that it's true. Zach, any other thoughts? Uh, no, those are all uh, very good things for me to think about. So uh, I guess I'll leave you guys with that. Enjoy your evening. Please Thanks, call with whenever you have uh, something you want to discuss in the uh, the area of the free market. I think it's uh, it's good to ask these questions because sure a is. lot of people have them. 855-450-3733. Kermit and Fargo on WDAY. Hello. Hello. I wanted to talk about something that's kind of occurred to me, and it's that hate is a wonderful emotion. Hate? You know, hate? It fuels people like Scott the Bigot. It, it makes people passionate. It makes them strong. But I found something that's even better. What's that? Love and empathy. I found that there are no supervillains in the world. That when you stop, and actually ask yourself, not when you're angry with somebody, don't ask, you know, why am I right and why are they wrong? Ask yourself, why does this person believe that way? Ask yourself, how can I show them that I love them and that everything's going to be okay? And well, that, well, hold on a second. I agree with, I agree with the, this. However, I think that people who hate are going to have a real tough time jumping straight to love. So I think that what you can ask for... I, for, I, hmm? I, I think they're so similar. They're so similar. They're, they're opposites to the same coin. Right? If you don't care at all, that's going to be difficult. But to hate means that you care. It means that you're so invested. And it's so easy just to make that switch when you realize that the hate only hurts the hater, and all you're ever going to do is burn your wheels. But if you learn and you discover that, hey, if you can switch that hate to love, if you can realize there are no bad guys, there are no supervillains, everything, everything in this world that is bad is a misunderstanding. Kermit, was it your, I get that, man, but was it your experience? Did you switch from hate directly to love without any in-between? Um, you know, it was, yes, I mean, yeah, 
you know, that's hard to say. I, I went from hate to just passion to love. You know what I mean? To Did you say from hate to dispassion? To, to pick, just to just to where I knew it was important, you know. Uh, Can you give an example? What did you so, hate? Um, you know, I I I hated racists, right? I hated I hated bigots. I hated people like that. And what I decided to do was to go out there and say, okay, there has to be a reason they believe what they believe. And I went out there, and I heard their story. And gosh darn it, there's a loss of factual evidence on their side. They have a reason for believing what they believe. And more often than not, what you end up with is just a, a big misunderstanding. I hold it very true that all differences between rational, sane people are misunderstandings, where one person just believes something that's either wrong or they, they're just confused. Well, I don't know what kind of facts they have on their side. It all seems biased uh, to me. But all that said, I think that uh, it sounds almost like you're describing the process of moving from hate to love. I think it is a process, and I'd like to come back and talk about that. I think it's one that we all uh, deal with on a regular basis. Kermit, please hold the line here. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very least stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's a single toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition, 855-453. It's Mark with you. And Ian. And Osborne. And I have sold this uh, this Herman Cain's go-to historian, the Muslim world says destroy Islam, but we are in the midst of a call here with uh, Kermit calling in from Fargo. Kermit? Hey, just want to make sure you're there. Ian, you had a your question had a, something further you wanted to say with Kermit? Yeah, well, we were talking about hate and uh, Kermit brought up hate and love and talking about they're very both, you know, they're strong emotions and he thinks there's similarities in that way and I I see I guess I see where he's coming from. Uh and then talking about jumping from one directly to the other. I think that Maybe there's some really exceptional people out there that would have the ability to do that, uh, but I think that there it hasn't usu- worked for me particularly. Yeah, I think there are usually some steps in between, and I think that when that Kermit was sort of describing that step without really admitting that it is a step. For instance, so if you hate somebody, like you mentioned, racist uh, Kermit, and I dislike racism severely. I don't like using the term hate personally because I think it's really damaging because I agree with you that hate hurts the hater. Um, But at the same time, I think that that process of moving from hate to love involves, in the case of like the racist, perhaps pity, you know, to uh, to take it a step, to step away from hate to whatever the next emotion is, whatever it is that's on that that line, that spectrum from hate to love. I think pity might be somewhere closer to love, but still close to hate, but not quite hate, right? So you don't hate the person, you pity them for maybe falling in with the the wrong belief system. Maybe their their dad told them something that wasn't true, uh, or they were raised in some sort of horrible manner, and you can find reasons, you know, to pity these people, or just to pity them simply because of their ignorance. Uh, but it, that's 
I think it. I think for a lot of people, for me at least, it has taken steps to to move away from uh, to choosing hate because it is a choice. Uh, it well, is you have a choice to ask to yourself, you know, why do you have such strong hate? And it's because you want to control that person. And if you realize that your hatred will never bring about control, your anger won't help you control them. Then you. Then the next conclusion is to say, well, how can I control them? And what you realize is that by showering them with love and affection and a smile instead of a scowl, that you will get greater compliance from that individual. I got here by reading lots of different executive uh, books, you know, books that they make upper management read, uh, reading a lot of uh, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Sure. I forget who. But, you know, when, what you realize is that instead of looking at somebody angrily and saying, this is bad, do it right, if you look at them with a smile and thank them for what they've done, and thank them and find something to truly appreciate them about. And then, you know, ask them questions until they reach the conclusion you want them to, you'll have much better results. And if you can just turn that hate around to love, you'll be able to control people better. And that's the point. I, I agree with you, Kermit. I think that, and thanks for the call. I, I think that, you know, to, to some extent, I mean, the, so switching from love to hate, I find to be, you know, a, a daunting task in, in one time. But he's right that if you can show somebody love, respect, um, you know, listen to what they say, um, internalize it, that really what people want in this world is to be heard. And at that point, then you can help you know, work with them as far as shaping a, a, a view of the world, because, you know, uh, most people tend to I mean, the facts are the facts. And if you can then, um, you know, talk to them on a level they can understand, then they can look at the facts with you. I, th- I thought it was a good, generally a good call with good advice. Yeah, yeah. Eight, yeah I five, mean, you really want to move away from from hate. If yeah, you feel it only empowers the, the, the hater. Right, I mean, you, it only disempowers the hater. If you feel yourself hating, that's a signal. To look at yourself, look inside yourself, and try to move away from that, and do whatever you can to move away from it. Absolutely, I, I have to work and uh, work on it all the time. I mean, I can get it's con- angry it's about a, yeah. yeah, I get angry about situations, and hate is the first thing you go with uh, with anger. And it's, well, uh, this is the internal struggle that uh, that you know I kind of discussed in one of my blog posts over at freekeen.com while I was in jail uh, about the jihad. Which is there are two jihads. One is external, uh, the one to spread the ideas of uh, being a Muslim, for instance, and then there's the internal one, which is the one that is the real significant one. That's the the greater jihad, as they call it, because you're essentially struggling with yourself in that uh, particular case. You're the one who's who's hating. You're the one who has to stop, and it's that internal struggle that we're all uh, working on. That's the that's. I, to, to me, that's the the real struggle. I don't like using those terms, fight and struggle. I certainly don't like them for the external world because I don't want to see think of myself as fighting with anybody else because I want I want to see them all as just me essentially. Like if you're hurting somebody else, you're actually hurting yourself because we're all interconnected to some extent. And uh, it's that internal struggle that's the real tough one. Let's go back to this article from alternet.org. I'm going to start from the beginning here. Herman Cain's go-to historian on the Muslim world. Destroy Islam. Now that Herman Cain is officially a frontrunner for the Republican nomination, the vetting process has picked up in a hurry. The Atlantic's Connor Fierdesdorf stumbled upon a treasure trove of syndicated columns that the Atlanta businessman wrote between 2006-2009. He is actually a syndicated uh, talk show host, too. So there's all kinds of recordings from this guy. This is one of the reasons why I think he can 
Never. Besides the fact that he's got this goofy 999 plan that will not hold water, uh, that holds water like a sieve, um, he's got too much recorded stuff out there to be... Uh, it's easy stuff to just play when you're on the air three hours a day, live, live. There's all kinds of things that people can pick out, whether it's in context, out of context, whatever it is. It's, they're just there's people combing it on the Democratic side right now, combing through this stuff for the uh, thank goodness for them. Yeah, for the for the hate ads, for the for the the negative ads. And those things are powerful. Let's go on, which doesn't uh, do much to shatter the perception of Kane as a loose cannon. He refers to Iraq war opponents as Hezbocrats and calls them the enemy. People that are against the Iraq war are the enemy. Mm. You're either with us or against us. But um, Mother Jones here, Tim Murphy, says, but I was drawn to a different piece, a 2006 column from Kane. On- hey, Tim Murphy, he's the guy that wrote the column about the Free State Project for, uh, for Mother Jones, which, by the way, was posted over at freekeen.com. Cool oh, guy. Very good. Um, freekeen.com. You can go there and check it out. On Islam that copiously cites the work of Ohio televangelist Rod Parsley. What is this? This is an article by Kane that cites? Yes. Okay. Cites this uh, Rod Parsley guy, the same pastor who, whose Islamophobic writings and sermons uh, would later force Senator John McCain to reject his endorsement. Hmm. This is, I mean, there's a lot of this stuff out there that basically says that, uh, you know, all kinds of crazy things that they'll make claims about uh, Muhammad that I don't know. I mean, I don't, I frankly don't know anything about Muhammad and don't care. I, you know, I mean, if you, if you I know want, a thing or two, if you want to put, uh, you know, some of the guys from the Bible on trial too, you could do that. I mean, you know, there's you know, maybe uh, um, Muhammad was a bad guy. Maybe he's a good guy. I don't have any idea, but there's a lot of stuff out there that essentially says anybody who believes in Islam is a danger to Western civilization and is a danger to life on Earth. And that's basically what he's saying, right? Uh, Yes. Um, Let's see. As uh, Mother Jones' David Korn first reported in 2008, argued that American Christians have an obligation to destroy Islam. Cain, though, saw Parsley not as a polarizing um, religious zealot. Just one second here. The the article has uh, set off on me. but uh, rather as an expert in Middle Eastern affairs. The roots of Islam began in modern-day Saudi Arabia in the year 1610. This is a quote here. The Arabian city of Mecca was and still is the Arab center of worship. According to Pastor Rod Parsley, the author of Silent No More, Arabs from over 270 tribes regularly gathered around a building called the Kaaba to worship their individual tribal gods, the Quraysh tribe, of which uh, Muhammad was a member, worshipped the god Allah. Muhammad was an illiterate desert nomad who one day began hearing voices and loud bells in his head. The voices told him that he was Allah's prophet. Muhammad thought he was losing his sanity, but with the encouragement of his wife, he began to believe the voices. Muhammad eventually saw it was his mission to unify the Arabian tribes under the teachings given to him by his one true god, Now, is this being written by Herman Cain? Yes. Okay. Muhammad, this part now that you're reading. Yes, gotcha. Muhammad died in uh, 60, excuse me, 632 AD. Since Muhammad was illiterate, never wrote anything down, his followers spent the next 60 years compiling his teachings and revelations based on their memories and notes. The result, which, by the way, is a heck of a lot faster than Jesus's followers went to uh, writing his stuff down. Is that right? Yeah, they, as, as I understand, the earliest book, Mark, is dated from 70 AD. So that's 70, well, I guess 40 years um, after, 40 years after the first thing was written finally written down these folks actually 
memorized it word for word. They were reciting the Quran, which is a if you go ahead and pick yourself up a copy of the Quran, it is not a short document. And the followers of Muhammad, they knew it by heart. In fact, they still uh, have young people learn it by heart. In well, that's many not places in the crazy world. ass indoctrination, is it? <laughs> I mean, I did this. We did this in Christian school, and I'll never do this to my child. This whole Bible verse memorizing stuff. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's impressive, nonetheless, that uh, you know humans can actually do these things. Remember that much? I have to write down the littlest things. But I want to get. We're going to get to the rest of his hate, right? There's hate coming up here from Herman Islam, Cain. full of uh, crazy radicals. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Eight fifty-five, four fifty-three. That's the SACL toll-free call in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It is uh, Mark with you, and Ian, and Osborne. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. We have been reading an article here from. Well, it's from Mother Jones, which is, uh, you know, one of these kind of uh, liberal lefty uh, magazines. But, you know, if somebody researches their work, I'm willing to listen to what they have to say. And right now, with the presidential candidates being trotted out before us, we don't really know these people. And I'm willing to listen to the other side and what they have to say about this stuff. And they're talking about uh, uh, Herman Cain here and his beliefs on Islam. They're quoting passages from his uh, writings from the time of 2006 to 2009. So not exactly old, old stuff here. No, you're not talking about things that happened back in, uh, you know, say, the 80s or something like that. Um, This is uh, going on with some of his writings here is basically pointing out that, uh, well, Muhammad was an illiterate and never wrote anything. And his followers spent the next 60 years compiling his teachings and revelations based on their memories and notes. Well, and he's getting a lot of his information. He's citing some kind of hate mongering preacher, right? Right. And uh, there's actually a couple of them, Jonathan Edwards and uh, another guy here, um, Parsley and Rod Parsley. Yeah. And these guys have made a living out of selling people books on Islamo hate. Mm. And, you know, I mean, once you start getting the financial incentive, there's no, no reason to back off. There's a lot of people out there that love, that love themselves some jingoism mm-hmm. going on. So he's telling the history of Muhammad yep. and talking about how Muhammad was illiterate and that he heard voices and folks wrote the stuff down that he ended up speaking. This sounds later. like all the, uh, you know, a good half of the prophets in the Bible to me, mm-hmm. too. So... Let's go on. It says um, the resulting document is the holy book of Islam um, called the Quran. But as Pastor Parsley notes, the Quran is is only authoritative in Arabic. In any other language, the Quran is unofficial and unsuitable for doctrine. Now, this makes perfectly good sense to me. If this book is written by God, and that's the claim of people that have holy books, that's what it means, right? Mm -hmm. Um, At least that's my understanding. It's It's certainly what Christians will claim of the Bible. Then it would only be authoritative when it was written by God in the language that it was written in. 
Because right. like the original King James version of the Bible, <laughs> right? Um, you know, written in English in sixteen uh, eleven. Uh, no, but I mean, you know, obviously, uh, a lot of people think that uh, the King James version is sort of official because it's got these and thous. It seems old, and it is old. There's no doubt. But it's only what uh, a fifth of the length of time um, that uh, you know back to, back towards Jesus. This uh, bi- the Bible itself wasn't even created until the. Th- what second century third century ad i think it's third century ad late third century early fourth century ad um somewhere in there so you know i where was where was the bible prior to that i mean maybe there are some you know some some uh words of god in the bible but it's not the people who wrote it it's the people that edited it i think that's uh, most important when it comes to that document going on um Muslim population today is most of the two thirds of the Muslim popula- population today is illiterate, and this means the majority of Muslims can't read their religion's most important book. And I would say two thirds of Christians haven't bothered. Mm. Um, they certainly haven't read the whole thing and have a, a context for it. Further, it means that Islam can be interpreted and taught any way its leaders desire. Now, that's the end of the quote from Herman Cain. Going on with uh, Tim Murphy's article here. Kane's citation of Silent No More, which serves as a basis for the entire column, that's the, the book there written by this Rod Parsley fellow, is pretty clearly an endorsement of the pastor's work. That actually explains a lot. There's a lot more to Silent No More than just early Arabian history. The central thesis of his book is that America was founded in part with the intention of seeing this false religion, Islam, destroyed. I certainly – that's not part of the American history I've ever been taught. Certainly there's the uh, the whole um, John Adams and the Barbary pirates part of history. But, I would think that uh, you know, Muslims would have been the least of the founding fathers' concerns. They weren't the ones dressed up as redcoats uh, causing all kinds of trouble. Yeah, no flailing guys on uh, – scimitar-wielding guys on camels fighting in the Revolutionary War. Jonathan Edwards – Excuse me. Um, it was in part uh, the intention of seeing this false religion destroyed. Borrowing a line from early New England uh, preacher Jonathan Edwards, Parsley refers to an early Islamic empire as Satan's Mohammedan kingdom. He goes back even further than that, though. Parsley argues that Christopher Columbus's discovery of the Americas for Spain was part of a an elaborate scheme to defeat Islam by forging new trade routes that didn't uh, rely on Muslim empires. Now, this guy's essentially going and rewriting history with a I hate Muslims bend. Mm. Well, certainly people were fighting back then just like they're yeah. fighting now. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, and they're going to use whatever argument they have, uh, you know, with whatever's different about those folks in order to uh, make them bad. Perhaps the most telling passage in Parsley's book comes when he addresses the role of Islam in the United States, insisting that the nation is at its core Christian. He expresses alarm at the growing number of mosques in the country and fears that history is crashing in upon us. The implication is clear. If we don't act now, Islam, the religion of demon spirits, this is in quotation marks, will be upon us. He hits on most of those points in this clip. And there's a clip here from a sermon. You can go to MotherJones.com, look this up yourself and take it out. The sermon was uh, that was sold on his church's website. Parsley's warnings appear to have been rubbed off in Cain's political thinking. Earlier this year, for instance, Cain started um, stated that a plan, uh, planned expansion of an Islamic community center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, we've talked about this one on the show, should be blocked because it threatened the First Amendment rights of Christians in the area. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with what's happening because it ain't – this isn't a, a, an innocent mosque, he says. This, this, is, this is Cain saying this? Yeah, it's not an innocent mosque. 
At the same um, on the same grounds, he said in March that he would not appoint any Muslims to prominent positions in his administration because he was concerned that their loyalty would be to Sharia law rather than the Constitution. He has since backpedaled on that statement. But these are the kind of things that these hate ads will these negative ads will bring out during uh, the, you know the general uh, you know the general election when it's McCain and Obama. These are the kind of things that are going to be brought out and. You need to have a candidate that's going to be able to uh, – that's going to have as few of these as possible. And Kane is the worst choice in this area. Well, okay, maybe Santorum. They're all bad to oh. me, man. I, they're all a bunch of thugs that want I'm just power. saying that the quotes, the, the writings the, – I want to hear more about why Muslims are so bad, allegedly. Okay. We get to that? Uh, well, I, mean, I think we've made it uh, clear what the, uh, what the thought here is, but he's going on. He says uh, – he's backpedaled on this. Not that Parsley deserves full credit. Peddling anti-jihad literature is a pretty lucrative business these days, but the fact that Cain turned to him for his information on Islam means that he's building a structurally flawed on a structurally flawed foundation. Cain, yeah. for his part, has professed a general ignorance in international affairs, and this is just right. True. Turn to the Christian war hate monger to get information about Muslims. That's yep. a reliable source. He also Kane refuses to disclose names of his foreign policy advisors. He won't. He won't say that this is the guy that he's reading from, <laughs> and you know, believing his stuff. Well, no, he did cite. Uh, the, the, the original point was that in his articles in the mid aughts, he cited this guy. But he won't say it now. Now you're saying right, right. He won't say it when he's running for president. He yeah. will say it, you know, in 2006 when he was, uh, you know, busy endorsing Romney. Mm-hmm. He's in good company. Uh, Texas Governor Rick Perry courted Parsley's support with a series of events in 2005. And former Pennsylvanian uh, Rick Santorum wrote, Senator, excuse me, wrote a blurb for the cover of Parsley's newest book, Living on Our Heads. It's not John McCain's Republican Party anymore, and thank God for that, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but, you know, this is, you know, Murphy's trying to make it clear that there are a bunch of people that, you know, that are running for office here that perhaps think the best way to solve the Middle Eastern uh, problem is to bomb that place to glass. And I, you know, that's not how I want my chief executive thinking. I find it's this crazy talk. Very, very disturbing stuff. Yeah. So he's pointing out that these, uh, this Kane character, as well as some of these other characters, are pretty much, you know, on board with this Parsley guy. They're they're relying on him. They're citing him. They're, they're courting um, this guy and his uh, his his ultra uh, conservative ilk. Mm-hmm. This ultra socially conservative ilk that want to fight a holy war. It, you know, I mean, I, I imagine Muslims in a lot of cases consider the um, United States actions in the Middle East to be a holy war against them. Well, you know, this is uh, well. We should talk more about it, and we will. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three here on Free Talk Live. Eight five five four five zero free. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Thank you. 
Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Ian. And Osborne. And you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about on Free Talk Live. That's what we do around here. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. They carry them, and they offer some of the best rates on the Internet. Some of the prices are so low they can't even be mentioned here on the air uh, because the manufacturers won't allow that. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. The uh, folks there at uh, ManVentureOutpost.com are members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. It's a family-owned website. You can get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Let's go to Kelvin in Colorado. Kelvin? Hi, good evening, gentlemen. You're on FTL. What's on your mind? Excellent. Uh, let's see. I, uh, up until very recently, I was I'd totally given up on the Republican uh, political delusion of choice, and I've been slowly drifting towards the four boxes of liberty point of view. Uh, for those who have never heard of it, uh, it goes, uh, there are four boxes to be used in defense of liberty, soap, ballot, jury, and ammo. Yes, uh, I've, and, I've heard this before. <laughs> uh, and I, I credit uh, Free Talk Live was giving me some hope uh, for other possible solutions. Uh, and right now, the Ron Paul campaign has uh, given me a push in the political solutions direction. Uh, and because in the past, I just saw absolutely no possibility that he could ever win. Uh, and this year, I feel a little bit more positive about it. Uh, and so I've been uh, learning about different political tactics uh, such as we have the uh, the black black this out dot com thing that we just had yeah. uh, because because the uh, campaign feels and and I do too that uh, he's just been marginalized and uh, and muddled in the uh, mainstream media. And There's a lot of evidence for this. I mean, even uh, John Stewart from Absolutely. the Daily Show, um, you know, made it made it very clear that the uh, the mainstream media seems, for whatever reason, their 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 reason might be, is intentionally intentionally marginalizing uh, Ron Paul. Uh, so, between the, the media coverage and the way the political system is set up, uh, you know, two parties and anybody else can you know, go pound sand. Uh, I feel like that's almost uh, violence and immoral against other people who are uh, trying to change the system. Uh, so I was thinking of a tactic, uh, but I'm kind of concerned about what the morality of this would be. Uh, what I'm thinking is to uh, go on some websites and other places where the left uh, Democrat-type people hang out and encourage them to register Republican and vote in the primaries for Ron Paul, because uh, that's been an old tactic where you uh, register in the other parties, uh, pri- uh, vote in the other primary parties primary for the weakest candidate, uh, thereby uh, screwing up the process of the uh, other party. Uh, and a good you can idea. See, of course, on a, yeah, and on our side, well, we get more votes for for Paul. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's the weakest candidate uh, out there, and I, th- I think that uh, probably many on the left would realize that, but you could probably make the argument that he's a preferable candidate to have run against Barack Obama than any of these other guys. You can appeal to their preference. And those who, who don't think that way could be possibly persuaded to, to vote for him because they would think maybe they're they're crippling the uh, the Republican Party uh, by sticking them with this guy that you know they consider to be a kook and would be unelectable. So anyway, I'm just wondering uh, if that if you guys think that's a, a moral tactic or not. Or Absolutely, does it's, apply? it's politics. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I've got no problem with that. Osborne, you're the yeah. Well, my thing is you can't really talk about politics in the context of morality, right? Because <laughs> as soon as soon as the guns come out, you know all bets are off. You know if, if somebody pulls you aside in an alley and uh, wants to take your money and he's got a gun, there's I mean, nothing. There's, in, there's nothing immoral that you can do in that situation, right? In this situation, <laughs> you're not advocating. Ooh, we lost him. I think that's it. Yep, Kelvin. Uh, yeah, he's gone. And so we'll see you later. You're not advocating force. You're trying to do something to throw a wrench into this awful system. And if by doing that you can, you know, you can get Ron Paul elected, then that's a bonus. Uh, but uh, I, I think that what he's proposing is a very good idea, and it's completely morally acceptable. I, I would, uh, I would be kind of curious as to why he would think it wasn't. Um, probably more than anything. I mean, to me, that you know, it almost sounded like he was talking about tricking them into doing so. No, uh, I don't think you need to. I think our position here is that uh, we show these people why they want Ron Paul. I mean, uh, I go out to my peace vigil and I'm telling you, this place is as pink as a commie, uh, you know, a communist party meeting. This, uh, and the fact is these people are talking about registering as Republicans to vote for Ron Paul they because they believe in the anti-war message. There's no reason for them not to, even if they still want to vote. We talked to, I think we touched on this last night. Even if they want to vote for Obama, they can still do that. Just as soon as they're done with the primary, re-register as a, as a Democrat and you're ready to rock and roll for I, the Yeah, the I mean, I, I, I suppose there's some argument that there is an important, um, primary maybe in their state for a senator or something if they're really politically in tune but I most suppose. people care about um, uh, the presidential race yeah. for good reason and frankly to have ron paul get uh, more votes especially if in, you're in one of the early states south carolina new hampshire iowa you know one of these places it's important to have uh, you know that ron paul get uh, you know do well early on so that he can uh, compete in when it comes to super tuesday as if uh, super tuesday is going to be super anymore i don't know florida seems to have uh, backed out of that but. so we were talking about herman cain before this and some of the articles he wrote a few years ago not that long ago and it's always important to ask a 2006 poli- yeah, it's always important to ask a political candidate do you still feel this way about what you've written because i don't like the idea of just accepting somebody's old writings as how they currently believe today sure somebody Although, i mean you know out there i've is is a picture that i drew at one point um that said vote with bullets <laughs> and it had a hand with a uh with a uh, a colt anaconda 44 magnum i was it was 15 or 20 years ago yeah, yeah. uh but but these guys are are Islamophobes. I mean, these people are pandering to the, that particular mindset. They want those angry Republicans. They want them to believe that the enemy is not the government. And you know, they that on one hand they'll pander to the the you know the kind of the Republican base and talk about smaller government. 
But at the on the other hand, the message they're actually delivering is, yeah, 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 smaller government, that's good and all. But those Muslims sure are dangerous. But we need big government to deal with them. Right. They're where they're out there to kill you, and it's our job to protect you. So, well, we're just going to have to focus on making government larger so we can take care of these Muslims. We've got to have a fence on that border because it's covered with nothing but illegal Mexicans and Muslims ready to blow you to pieces. Because Muslims are supposedly hateful towards Christians and all of this. It's such nonsense. And anybody who's actually, and again, this, these characters are getting their information on the Muslim religion from Christian preachers who hate Muslims. Maybe they should actually go to the Muslim religion, the people that actually preach that religion, and ask them how they feel. They're liars. Liars. <laughs> well, if you can read the book. Now, I agree. I haven't read it in Arabic. But I have read a translation of it in a relatively recent uh, translation. and I'm uh, sure everyone has plenty of Muslims in their town they can talk to who are not killing them right now and have no desire to. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Five four fifty three. That is the sacred toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live, our live Sunday edition. Mark and Ian Osborne. <laughs> you can give us a call at eight fifty five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. So we've been kind of going over the presidential candidates, specifically Herman Cain, who appears to be at least a, um, a a brief front runner here. He's a he's sprinted ahead of the pack in the in the old horse race and. The flavor of the week, maybe, um, as some might claim. And some of his uh, writings regarding Islam and how disturbing they are. I mean, these are uh, many, many Americans uh, believe this particular religion. But he's uh, you know, said things like he doesn't want to see this uh, mosque in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, get to be able to get to a building permit because – that would be bad for Christians in that area. He doesn't want he would he would not um, you know put a Muslim on his staff. Now he's changed his mind on that, and frankly, he's changed his mind on a lot of stuff. When people start asking him hard questions, he starts getting really fidgety. He's been fidgety on the abortion issue, on his uh, flat tax or his, excuse me fair tax plan. He's changed it to the nine 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 plan, which by the way he's uh, has, has another edit to because the nine 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 plan would increase taxes on eighty percent of Americans. All right, so what is this plan? I mean, you had mentioned it last night. We never got into it. So his nine 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 plan is a plan to put a nine percent corporate tax, a nine percent income tax, and a nine percent sales tax. Federal. Uh, Federal sales tax. So here in New Hampshire, we would pay 9% uh, sales tax to the federal government. Now, I don't know whether it would be hidden or, or uh, you know, right there at the cash register, mm-hmm. whether you'd buy a Coca-Cola for 99 cents and uh, you'd get a penny back or not here in New Hampshire. But it'd be there. You can be certain of it. And then they, they would slowly phase out the uh, the Sixteenth Amendment. The I guess is the idea. But of course, in the process, they would phase out the Sixteenth Amendment. Well, you know, at some point, you'd have to get rid of the uh, um, the Sixteenth Amendment in order to get 
to a complete sales tax, a consumption tax. Is that what he's proposing? Yes. So this 999 is supposedly a step, it's a step to a total sales tax? Well, it's a step in the sense that we're going to take this step. We're going to make a federal sales tax, a federal consumption tax, while we try to figure out how to get rid of the income tax. But at that point, we'll have the sales tax in place while the income tax is in place, mm-hmm. while the corporate tax is in place. The idea is is that you would replace all taxes with a consumption-level tax. And I see they talk about some advantages to that. And I can get some advantages, which we would want to incentivize savings and not incentivize um, you know, consumption as much or something like that. But they, you know, obviously consumption taxes are going to weigh much more heavily on the poor than they are on the rich. There's far more people that this would uh, increase taxes on. All the Obama administration has to do is trot that out during the uh, the election campaign, and then suddenly this guy's sunk. I mean, who wants the guy that's going to that's claiming to increase taxes? So, if you're running for the job of president, right? Wouldn't you campaign more on issues that you actually have some kind of control over? I mean, obviously Herman Cain cannot implement nine nine nine, right? So, like, if I if I uh, am applying a job for a job as an IT guy at a company, I don't go in there talking about what I would do in the human resources department. That's but- if it makes sense. However, you've got a bunch of nimrods voting for you. So, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's you know, to some extent that's the decision making process here. Well, yeah, so you're only going to appeal to what people want to hear. Yeah, you've got to have a vision for something larger than what you can control, right? I mean, it is the most powerful position. Uh, and so they have to be able to uh, to paint a picture for people. Whether or not it's even likely to happen doesn't matter uh, because most people aren't aware of what the president can and can't do. I mean, Ron Just Paul co- said that he would get rid of uh, the IRS. Now, the president doesn't have that power. Yeah, well, that wasn't his main uh, – like his plan that he released last week in Las Vegas, right? He, he was eliminating uh, cabinet positions and departments. Yes. That, that's in his purview. He can well, do that. Because he understands and so that's politics. a real presidential plan. Kane has with. no business even in the – he was a – okay, the fact is, here's what it comes down to. There are some people that run for president for the purpose of getting an idea out there. They are issue candidates. Kane is an issue candidate. He is going to increase his capital, perhaps get a Fox News pundit position. He is going to push this uh, fair tax, which people believe to be a good idea, which we have eviscerated many, many times here on Free Talk Live. You can and, go and actually go to guests.freetalklive.com, and there's our old interview with the fair tax guy. There was like an hour and a half where we right. got into everything about it. And Kane essentially is an issue candidate that managed to get – catapulted into the limelight. And there's some things about this candidate I like. He sounds good. He looks good. And, you know, I mean, you can't be the Republicans can't be called bigots if they put Kane up there. Unless, of course, you're talking about uh, illegal immigrants and, and uh, Muslims, which case, uh, you know, Kane has certainly shown himself to be a bigot. But, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it kind of uh, it, it, does, it trumps the, the he, Kane trumps the race card. With for the Republicans, so you know, I mean, I could see why some of them like him. I get why they like him. I understand, and uh, many Republicans believe dupes. They should put ta- taxes should be raised on poorer people so that they understand why big government is bad. What they don't seem to understand is all kind. Poor people pay all kinds of federal taxes. Yeah, oh yeah. And maybe poor people don't understand that they do. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't make the claim that that's uh, the the truth or not the truth, uh, but you know. That, that's what some of the claims are. Let's go to Todd and, and Flint. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Thanks, Sammy. I'm Mark. Ian, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Todd. Um, 
you know, I could, I could, I could go into just a, a thousand word essay on Herman Cain about the TARP bailout, but you know, you guys, you guys are already on topic. So uh, the, the reason why I'm calling is last night you guys were discussing the the war on drugs. Yes, and we had a guy I call in. Talk about something a little well, something something that's local to me right here in Flint, Michigan. You've got the county sheriff running narcotic checkpoints with drug-sniffing dogs on interstate highways. Jeez. Yep. Um, Are they stopping all welcome, cars? Everybody everybody that rolls down the road on, on an interstate highway is has, has to pull into, the, pull into the rest area and have a dog walk around the car twice. Insane. They have two other, they have two other squad cars waiting for people. So see the sign, go down and hit the hit the turnaround, the yeah. authorized vehicle turnaround on on the highway. Yeah. And then they ticket them and that's 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 when they pretty much pressure whoever happened to make the mistake to search their vehicle. I bet they that's do. Horrifying. I mean you know, it it does look rather suspicious, I'm sure, to them. They think to themselves, no, no no amount of uh, of of hindrance is too much for a citizen who wants to stop the war. These these terrible drugs from from getting into our neighborhoods, they should be happy with the, with this. I mean, you know, it's it, anybody who would turn around is not somebody who has drugs in the car, but somebody or you know, not not somebody that uh, just wants to go on with their day, but somebody who must have drugs in their car. Everyone's a suspect. Where do we go from here, guys? <laughs> New Hampshire. Right. I mean, Todd, I, I don't have easy answers for you. Get the hell out of Michigan. That's It's not an easy answer, but it's a simple answer, okay? And there's a difference, right, between simple and easy. Uh, the simple answer is you get together with other people who love freedom because Ron Paul, even if he wins, isn't going to be able to make everything all better. Uh, you know, he's not going to be the doctor for America and give us, you know, a little magic pill to solve everything. So we're right. still going to have to do, even if Ron Paul wins, and it's, you know, how likely that is, I don't know. But uh, we're still going to have to do things on our own level that are, is far more important than just voting. And to me, the best solution is and has been getting together with other people who love freedom. You live in Michigan. It's cold there. The cold thing isn't an excuse. So, you know, come on up to New Hampshire. Join the Free State Project if you love liberty. I'll, I'll definitely check into it. Thanks for taking my call, guys. It's Have free sta- freestateproject.org if uh, you want to go check it out. It's freestateproject.org. Thanks for the call, Todd. You really, you really should. I mean, because what else is a better answer? Please, is there anything else that's come up that's a better answer than than New Hampshire's part of the Free State Project? Because I haven't heard about it. I haven't heard of one. That's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I mean, the, the, that's that's really it. I mean, here on Free Talk Live, at one point, we were two guys who believed in libertarian ideas, talking about the, these things on the radio, and we really sounded like people who had no answers. We were we were upset about what was going on, but we had no answers. You could always try running away, but. Eventually, someone who wants to control you is going to find you. The Democrats on the radio say vote for Democrats. The Republicans on the radio say vote for Republicans. That Those are their answers. Our answer, pick up and move for the Free State Project. Their answers haven't been working. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. 
1-800-855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's Live Sunday edition. It's Mark with you. And Ian. And Osborne. 855-450-3733 is the final segment, so we may be able to squeeze you in. And uh, we've certainly got to jump right into these calls. But real quick, Sound Wisdom's SG-1 solar-powered generating system can give you the basics in an emergency. Or it can be expanded to handle your whole house. It'll take a big freezer completely off the grid or, say, a normal-sized uh, freezer and a refrigerator and maybe a well pump or something like that um, off the grid entirely. It'll be paying for itself, and you'll have them in an emergency. Add a few solar panels and batteries, and it'll handle cooking and heating your hot water. This is the only system you can start small and expand at your own pace, even adding solar panels, panels and batteries that you can get from other companies. Even on a Sunday night, experts are standing by to answer all your questions. Um, call for free education. It's freetalklivesolar.com to get that number. It's freetalklivesolar.com. It's an amazing uh, piece of equipment. Let's go to Rich in South Bend, listening on WTRC. Rich? Hey, uh, hi, good evening. Uh, you know what I find interesting about uh, the Republican field? is that none of these guys can talk about what they had for breakfast without sounding uh, like a Fourth of July speech. But when you when you check on them, you will notice that Herman Cain uh, never served in the military. Romney never served in the military. Uh, Perry waited until he graduated from A and M in seventy two, when it was uh, clear that. Uh, Nixon, uh, that was just a matter of months before Nixon and Hanoi would have reached a deal. Perry was 18 in 1968. Why is that, that all these folks waving the flag never served? It's interesting that uh, b- people that advocate war, um, you know, and often often the politicians that advocate war haven't, uh, haven't been in the military. Ron Paul, um, you know, he served quote unquote but he was drafted and uh frankly he wasn't real excited about it or at least isn't excited about having uh been in the military at this point either but um you know so what's your point on it my point is um um well i'm a vietnam air vet uh my point is is that they keep yakking about all these uh about uh about, they keep waving the flag but when they were of military age, they were hiding uh, underneath mommy's bed. Yeah, and of course, Ron Paul actually did uh, serve time in the military. And so it's easier, I think, probably for Ron Paul to empathize with people in the military. He's been there. He knows what it's like. He's and, getting more donations. Uh, he's getting more donations than every other Republican right. nominee combined. Because he's got the credibility the and he can empathize with people in the military. And it's important to be able to do that. It, it, whereas these other folks are more the kind of the elites, right? I mean, these are the people who they tell, they they tell know the rest of us best. what to do. Right. They're, they're too good to uh, have served in the military because they are the ones who should be controlling things. They're not the ones who take orders. They're the ones who give orders. Now, I'm not saying there's any value uh, that I, I don't recommend going and joining the military. I think it's an incredibly dangerous thing to do and uh, I, I think it's, it's, you're supporting the politicians by joining the military. But I, I definitely understand your point in that uh, they, you know, they, they can't relate. No, and, but again, uh, my problem with Ron Paul is is that he's an isolationist. There's a difference. No, he's not. That's 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 an incorrect term. Um, he is he believes in peace and freedom and trading with other people. Does that sound isolationist with to you? 
Well, yeah, he wants to close military bases all over the place. That's not isolation. Wait, wait a second. He, Before you go on, um, there most the other 199 nations in the world don't have military bases in, in all these other countries. Are they isolationists? Well, they can afford to be isolationists because... We're the so cop yes. on the beat, and we're the only ones who can be the cop so, on the so beat. So yes, Great Britain is isolationist. Yes, um, France is isolationist. Yes, China is isolationist. Yes, the Soviet Union is isolationist. Yes, the uh, Australia is isolationist. Well, let's see. Uh, no, China is not. They're they're supporting North Korea, and the only thing that's keeping uh, North Korea on their side of the DMZ is the Seventh Division. And uh, and our base and our, uh, our naval base, not mine, at 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 at, at, at Okinawa. Doesn't well. The Wait, that's is, the only. Hold on, you're, you're saying the U.S. base is keeping North Korea out of China? Is that what you just said? No, no out of uh, they're South keeping Korea. North Korea out of South Korea. I don't think so. I'm sorry. I no. think the South Koreans probably have a lot to say about that too. Yeah. Don't you think? Um, no, I don't think the uh, if they did. Uh, uh, they wouldn't be uh, North Korea wouldn't be taking the reason Kim Jong Il isn't invading South Korea is because communism sucks and he doesn't have he doesn't even have what's necessary can't to take on people. a develop right they can't even feed the people in North Korea let the United alone, States is they sending food over there they can't even power North Korea I mean the place is pitch black at nighttime and their power system is so decrepit that it actually it drops out they'll have their lights on at night. And then there are just periods where they just go out, and it's just part of living in North Korea. And, of course, the, the, the reason for it is because of the United States. So, Rich, you were extolling <laughs> the virtues of, uh, of veterans just a moment ago, but the one veteran that's in the field you don't like. What, can you explain that to me? Uh, I disagree with him. Well, I mean, uh, he's an, he's so what about Rich? How about this? You keep repeating that, Rich. You keep saying it it's, true. A, it's a factually inaccurate statement, okay? He is not an isolationist. He is a person who believes in minding your own business. He doesn't believe in that you can't do business outside of the borders of the United States. He believes in doing business. That's not isolationism. That's an incorrect use of the term. You can go find another term, Ron but Paul's that one's non- wrong. I'd like to point out that, that, that Ron Paul is getting more donations from military people than all the other Republican candidates combined. He's getting more donations than Barack Obama. Are those people, are are the military, young military men and women of the United States, are they a bunch of isolationists? Do you disagree with them, Rich? Well, first of all, I don't have your uh, uh, how much money he has gotten, uh, but I disagree with The internet is available to you, Rich. You can go look. All you have to do is look it up. It's more than every other Republican candidate combined. The young military men and women of the United States have spoken, Rich. Yes, you fought your war 30 years ago. They're fighting these, and Another they think they're stupid. War. Another unnecessary well, uh, war. Iraq was stupid. Uh, so was Vietnam. That should have been strictly a special forces operation. Find bin Laden, get a rope. I'm pretty sure Ron home. Paul would say that. Wouldn't Ron Paul say that? That you know, I think he did support some level of uh, not in Iraq in, in Afghanistan. He wait, wait, what in Afghanistan? Yes, that's what he's. That's what Rich just I said. I thought he just said Iraq. I'm sorry. Rich no, said no, he, Iraq was stupid. Afghanistan okay, should have been a special forces operation. Find Bin Laden, plant him six feet under, and go home. Uh, Rich, please do do me a favor and look uh, look into Ron Paul and his the donations from the military because you seem to think the military is a, bu- a, a bunch of folks that understand foreign policy. And I got you, but look into him because you said you didn't know. So look into him on this issue. I think it's important. Let's go to Jay. Also, also 
isolationism, just to make sure we're clear. Isolationism means close down everything, don't deal with anyone, We're only it's only our party, it's right. only our tariffs, camp. High tariffs. Ron Paul believes yeah. in freedom in no. trade. So that's not isolationism. Factually incorrect. Jay in Palmer, Mass. Listen to XM. Hey, guys. What's hey, going Jay. on? What's on What's on your mind, Jay? Oh, not much. Just hauling a load of grass, listening to you guys, and figured I'd call you. Uh, still got my house. This is Jay Noon. Jay Noon. Um, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. Jay Noon, who uh, we had, actually, we went down to visit you, Jay, because uh, we're not too far away up here in Keene, New Hampshire, when you were making a stand, and you still are, technically. Uh, you never paid yep. property tax on the property that you own there in Palmer, Massachusetts, and they were supposedly going to come and evict you uh, for it. With a te- They'd tax, you know, tax stolen your property for not paying taxes. On paper, they'd stolen it, and they were going to actually come and physically remove you, and they never have come, huh? That's right. They've never come. It's awesome. And, uh... <laughs> So anyways, and but I was I also want to let you know, you know, well you guys know I'm a property tax non participant. I'm also an income tax non participant. Excellent. And uh you know, this whole thing of taking the income tax and making it a federal sales tax, well the income tax isn't necessary. Uh, if anybody googled uh Grace Commission and they looked through there a little bit, the Grace Commission was put together by well Reagan appointed this guy, somebody, Grace, who I don't know what his deal was, but they put together a commission, and it was headed up by this guy, his last name was Grace, in like 84, 85, and 86, or whatever, it was like a couple years, and um, the Grace Commission determined that not, and the actual quote is, not one nickel that is collected by the IRS goes to any government service whatsoever. And what people don't understand is the money that the IRS collects goes to pay off interest on a national debt. From what I can tell, that's uh, that's that's the truth. Totally fraud. And then they're the printing national, out as much money as they need to, to run the government. But they might need money totally. to uh, pay off that debt at, at any point. Jay, thanks for the call. Please call us again sometime. It's been Free Talk Live. If you want time. What's that? We're out of time. Yeah, indeed. You can give us. You can check out freetalklive.com if you want to get more. We're here seven eight days a week from seven to ten Eastern. Free Talk Live. <laughs> 